And welcome to another episode of Station to Station podcast, episode number four. Mets are on a roll, going eight and two in their last 10. The Yankees split the series with their perennial punching bag, the Minnesota Twins. And does Pete Alonso have his eyes on breaking Aaron Judge's record? All of that and more coming up next on Station to Station. This station is Station to Station. Hey everybody, I'm John Persapio, joined along as always with Brian Sarnelli and Pat Lavin, working the board, our producer Pat, as always. Brian, what a time it is to be a New York sports fan right now. I mean, we got the Knicks in the playoffs, we got the Rangers, the Devils, the Islanders is a team in Brooklyn that plays basketball as well too, apparently, and of course, our Yankees and Mets. And do not forget that the New York Jets are still on the cusp of landing Aaron Rodgers still, still on the cusp. We it have been on the cusp more of more la- we have been on the cusp of landing Aaron Rodgers for over a month. Um, and I still I don't know if you know this, John. On my whiteboard at work, I have like a quote board. And for the last month on that quote board, I have the quote of Aaron Rodgers saying, as of Friday, it is my intention <laughs> to play for the New York Jets next season. And I feel like I cannot touch that board. until that deal is done. And I thought that was something I'd be erasing within like two to three days. And it has now been up there for a month. You might have that up all summer long at the pace things are going. My God. You know what? I think it ends around the draft. I think everything's going to go around that Jets 13th pick. But like you said, we got everybody making the playoffs in hockey. Everyone's making the playoffs in basketball. The Giants are probably going to be improved. The Jets, obviously, if they get Rodgers, are going to have this Super Bowl buzz. The Yankees should make the playoffs. The Mets should make the playoffs. So maybe now all of a sudden, we got that New York magic back that we haven't had in in decades. I mean, when was the last New York sports team to win a championship? Are we talking the Giants in 11? Yeah, it'd be the Giants. Right. Giants 2011. The Is that the last yeah. year? Yeah. Knicks haven't. Uh, Rangers haven't. Did Yankees the, since 09. Listen, oh, I, don't oh, count, no, the, uh, I don't count this. Did the Red Bull win a championship? I think the no, New York I Liberty could, did. I don't I don't but think anyone I think, cares, even if they did. I don't think the New York I if the Liberty did, I personally I'm gonna, I'm gonna check. I don't care. But I feel like the Red Bull, that MLS yeah. team, I thought they got a random championship or that New York they City. They might have. No, uh, no, a, New York City FC. NYC New York City FC, FC did, I They they got a championship, yeah. I think, somewhat recently. It's in right, because they have a banner hanging in right field at Yankee State. Like anyone cares that NYCFC won a championship. That's hanging from the mezzanine level at Yankee Stadium. Like, I don't know on, if this makes me a here. bad sports fan. I, I'm just I struggle with the MLS like team names. Like when they add like yeah. FC at the end or whatever. Well, that's like something new. All of a sudden, the past five years, everyone's just throwing FC at the end of everything. Like I'm going to suddenly care more now. What do you want to make it sound more European? Pat, did you find out? You got any, you got any uh, li- Liberty, no. Uh, the okay. Red Bulls, no. Okay. They've not won an MLS Cup. NYCFC, I think what? Last year, two years ago. NYFC, I'm checking them next. They run New well, York. Uh, let me tell you something. 
what a day I've had today. Okay. I, I, I'm just so glad to be away from everything and in the studio, just getting my mind off everything today. Okay. Because I have had an absolutely day from hell. Now, let me start off by saying this morning, I'm getting ready for work, you know, like everyone does. Get my, you know, get dressed, getting ready to go head out and put my shoes on. So this morning I'm putting my shoe on and I feel something like the the soul, a piece of the soul inside had broken off. This is after I put it on my foot. Okay. I go, oh, that, you know, that's that's weird, but all right, let me take off my shoe. And I, had a, I actually had a moment where I contemplated, do I just wear the shoe as is or do I take it out and get this thing out of here? And I said, all right, let me get it out. So I'm sitting down, I take off my shoe and I shake it out. And lo and behold, what comes out of my shoe? But a cockroach. Alive? Alive. Now, alive. And now this just wasn't your run-in-the-mill cockroach. Like, this was the Koopa boss, you know, cockroach. This was a big bastard that came out of that shoe. And he was alive. And first of all, I screamed like a little girl. And when I, I'll admit it, I screamed I didn't know the sound that came out of my body was possible of coming out of my body until that moment. And I just saw, you know, the little bastard flying with his legs in the air and he lands and he starts running away. Now I still have the shoe in my hand and I'm chasing after this thing, like an Italian mother trying to kill it. Finally, you know, the bastard runs behind the pillows and I'm ripping pillows out from behind the, I, these are the throw pillows on the bed, right? Cause there's 10, thousand throw pillows for whatever reason i'm getting rid of the throw pillows i see them and i swat them i kill them i crush them again i go i get a paper towel i squeeze them for good measure and then i throw them down the toilet and flush them because you can't be too safe when it comes to a cock no a, a thousand percent and I, I give you a lot of credit because i'm one of the few people a, cockro a cockroach makes me freeze like yeah. i i get frozen in my tracks and I can't, I can't pull the trigger. I can't. And as I, much I, as I'm like, you're in the house, I need to kill you. I need to get you out of the house. If it ever happens, I can't. I, I've been around it. you when you've discovered cockroaches and you've made yeah. me kill them. Now, I the, know. the route that, and I understand, you know, this is something that I have to get over and I have to get past. So I bought, I always buy like those like roach sprays. Yeah. And like, I just go for distance. And like, I'll leave the corpse there for like a day being like, just we got to make sure that this guy really is fucking dead without me touching it. And then I'll do like a scoop and, and drop off. But no, I don't I don't fuck with roaches. I don't fuck with spiders. And this is where like I'd be completely different, you know, try to get a little bit of my man card back here. I would I... rather you call me and be like, Brian, there is a fucking snake in the upstairs bedroom. And I would have no issue All right. going upstairs grabbing the snake, getting it out of the house and getting rid of it. It is something about roaches and spiders that just take me out. You could say there's a raccoon, an opossum, a snake, a bird. No problem. I got it. I'll take care of it. No issues. A lizard, a frog, no issues. You tell me there's a cockroach frozen, frozen in yeah. my tracks. Frozen I'll in my tracks. What, I'll, I'll take you up because I hate snakes. Snakes I don't do. Okay. You think and you could grab a snake? No, no. I'll call you. If I get a snake, I'll call you. And if you need a cockroach taken care of, I'll take care of the cockroach. The problem is, I, I know you bitch. wouldn't come. Well, that's true. You wouldn't that's come. That's also personal. If I, fair. 
But if I called you and I said, I got a cockroach upstairs and I, I, I'm nervous and I can't kill it. I'm afraid. I know for a fact you would not show up, but if there was a snake inside your place. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a little more serious. You would be like, you better get your fucking ass over here. I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're asleep. You get to this apartment right now. You you could be in fucking California. I'd get your plane ticket to come get this goddamn snake out of here. Well, it's it's also, though, I mean, come on. We're comparing a cockroach and a snake. Why are my fears different than yours? I mean, one can actually kill me. I'm sure if they colonize. What, the, the cockroaches are going to colonize and plot, you know, your downfall. Do you feel like there could be more or you think that was just a one off like he snuck in? You know, I like uh, th- th- that's what you don't want to think about. I don't want to think about that stuff. I like to think I got the one and only cockroach in this place. And, I, and you, I, that's what and he was I in believe. your he was in your bedroom. He was in my shoe. He was in he, my work shoe. Which was that in your bedroom? No. Now. So, right. So I keep my shoes off the foyer of my place. There's a little closet and we keep our, our um, we have valet trash. So it's a little trash can and you put your trash in it at night, you put it outside and then, you know, the man comes and takes the trash for us. So I have this trash can there and that's the same closet that I keep my shoes you know, you're going out shoes, your work shoes, all that. And that's in that shares the same closet. So I think that's how the guy got in through the trash. Okay. All right. So that's the, probably. At, at least you, you don't feel like you have some kind of problem. Right. I, I don't think I have any kind of infestate. I'm, I'm a very clean person. Okay. I'm like unusually clean for being, you know, a straight man. You know, it's very, very odd. For me, but that's just how I like to live my life. But you know, it, it, here's the thing, though. If my day ended on the cockroach today, oh, you know, funny story, so be it. But it doesn't end there, right? So it gets better. I got two more steps along the way. Okay. Right after that, I get into work. Okay, and I come into work the first minute I'm there. I come in, I you know, I take my bag, I go to put my bag down, and when I do that, I knock over. You know, my uh, peer, my work associate, his water bottle. And I go, oh, shit. You know, I'm I'm sorry. So I bend down. I pick up his water bottle. Well, when I go to bend down to pick up this water bottle, I don't even realize. Another cockroach. That, no, I bend down and there's a bucket of umbrellas. Right. And it, it, it downpoured the other day. So there's full of umbrellas. Well, I bend down and this umbrella, the end of it, just socks me right in the eye socket as I bend down. It just gets me right in the eye. And I immediately let out a giant fuck. And now this is a place of business. There's people doing their own thing. And within 10 seconds, they hear shit as I drop the water bottle. And then fuck as I bend down and knock myself in the eye. And, you know, it's amazing I don't have a black eye right now. If you're watching on YouTube, you know, you don't see nothing here. It, it really is a miracle. I, I don't know who to thank for that. What a but, hero. You know, I'm just saying it, it's the time of miracles. Easter just happened here. And suddenly I don't have a black eye. I, I might as well have gotten punched by Tyson. That umbrella got me so good. But we're good. You know, we go on and it doesn't end there. So then I get home. And if you watched my um, instant reaction over the weekend, Following the Yankees loss to Minnesota when Clay Holmes blew the save. If you haven't checked that out, give it a watch. That's exclusive to YouTube. Your guy, Clay um, Holmes. 
Yeah, Clay Holmes, the wonderful guy, Clay Holmes. Well, you might have noticed behind me here in the studio, there was a beautiful Yankee Stadium facade that hung up here. Okay. Great. I love it. Beautiful. There's a wonderful piece of work done. So I had a little bit of issue with hanging it, how I was hanging it. I actually used a um, a clothes hanger that took apart. It was a metal clothes hanger. I took it apart and I ran that through the backside and that hung in the back here. That kept it in the air, suspended like actually Yankee Stadium. Well, the problem is, is that the hanger actually bends a little. So I took it off during the week and I figured, all right, today, before I get on, I'm going to put it back up. I go to put it up and the clothes hanger gives out. It breaks. So I go, all right. So I'm trying to get this thing down the process. The entire facade, the freeze, falls. Now this is about, what, eight feet in the air. This thing, it's acrylic. This thing's heavy, okay? This thing falls and lands right on my foot. Square dead on my foot. I'm not wearing shoes at the time. Right on the foot. So I'm not sure that it's not broken right now, but you know what? Same here, foot that the cockroach touched. It was. You're right. It was. It's the there left foot. I didn't even think of that. The left foot. <laughs> and it was the left eye. So maybe there's something going on with the left I, side of my body today. I, th- I don't I know. Think, I think as we get through this episode, I think we're going to figure this out for you. I really do. You got you got a left foot injury. You got a cockroach yeah. messing with your left foot. You hit your left eye. We're going to we're going to figure it out as we go through this episode of of what all of this means. Maybe maybe it's just even like maybe you got to make a bet. Maybe you got to bet on a lefty. Maybe, I don't uh, know. We'll figure you know, it out. You know, I'll tell you what, though, if I get through this episode, this is a good episode. This may be, you know, a Kirk Gibson story here with this injury. Getting through it. I You're that's you're going to write a book about how you live through this day. You really are. I mean, the hardships that you've went through today is really just something, you know, that's really no days off. It's it's inspirational. Yeah. Thank you for podcasting on a day like today. You know, I do it for the people. I really do. Not not all heroes wear capes. It's true. So I feel like people came here to listen to us talk about some baseball. Yeah. You know, not that not that your hardships aren't aren't important. I'm glad that we were able to talk about that in an open forum. And I'm sure people um didn't fast forward through that spot and they listened to it and they they are feeling for you in this entire episode i'm sure if you say anything out yeah they're rooting for you and if you you say anything outlandish i'm sure they're going to be team john and and pulling for you through this whole thing but john we got some pretty good baseball teams i feel like that you and i are a fan of and you know i can say that even with being a meth fan that you know the yankees are 10 and 6 i think i think right now if you look at it i don't know if you'd agree Yankees are 10 and six Mets are 11 and six, 11 and six. They do have a game against the Dodgers. Um, that's going to be starting for us here in a half hour. You guys listening will already have the results of that game. So their record could be a little bit different in the morning. Um, that being said, I feel like the Mets right now, tell me if I'm wrong, maybe feeling like a little bit more of a complete team than the Yankees. The Yankees are, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they're just a little bit banged up now with Giancarlo missing time. The bullpen's got a lot yeah. of question marks. The starting rotation, I feel like you guys got a lot of a little bit more holes. We, we're starting to get some holes in our rotation as well. But I feel like the Mets are closer to their ceiling than the Yankees are right now. And I don't know if you agree on that. 
I think both teams have a lot of issues right now. Obviously, injuries is a major part of that. Um, I haven't been happy with the Yankees. But actually, you know, I think you look at both teams, you can actually compare them quite a bit. Um, Very similar. I, I'll i be honest with you. I haven't been all too hot on the Mets. Now, the Mets have a lot of holes. They have a lot of positions. They're getting zero offensive production out of right now. Uh, okay, they have Alonzo, who's been on a tear, absolute tear. And I, I can't stress enough how good Pete has been this early on. I mean, he's carrying the Mets um, pretty much on his own. But, I mean, you have injuries to the starting rotation with the Mets. You have injuries to the starting rotation with the Yankees. Um, you have a lot of feast or famine in the lineups, you know. That goes both ways. That's been the Yankees case for so long. You know, I go on and on about that. You look at the bullpen where, you know, you have a lot of question marks in the bullpen, especially the back end of that. So I think, to be honest, I think these teams are very similar in how they're looking. Now, the Mets have also had the pleasure of going out to Oakland, which Fair. it looks like right now, Oakland is just a vacation destination of the summer for Major League Baseball teams. What a sad, sad story Oakland has become. Yeah, the Mets are in the middle of a 10-game road trip where they go three Oakland, three Dodgers, and then I believe it's four against the Giants to to end the, the series, yeah. well, to end their trip. No days off, yeah. No days off, straight 10 games through the West, and uh, starting off that trip, 4-0. Obviously, the Mets, like you said, they're doing well of late. They're on a five-game winning streak right now. Another thing, though, that stands out to me, and obviously we're going to break down a little bit more of that Mets winning streak. I want to almost tease a little bit that you mentioned that their offense really hasn't been doing too well. And a lot of key spots are not contributing. One of those key spots was Eduardo Escobar. Mets finally pull the trigger, bring up Brett Beatty, give him the start last night against LA immediately comes in in a big spot, drives in a run with an RBI single. He looked really solid at third base. And I feel like Brett, I feel like Brett has a, has that like 10 year player type of potential. Like this is a guy that, we could potentially fill in our lineup card 150 games a year and be like Brett's Brett's at third Pete's at first Jeff's at second and Lindor's at short. Like our infield potentially could be set for at least four years. Cause McNeil's signed that long. I know Pete isn't signed that long, but I just, it's kind of hard to imagine that the Mets fuck up the Pete Alonzo future where he's not a long-term Met. Um, but I feel like they're trying to correct some of those, those issues which is kind of bringing up Brad and, and trying to fix that little offensive well, woe there. I think Beatty's the best thing that you could do right now because you're looking at a team who's struggling with offensive consistency, um, a lot of injuries, very similar to the Yankees, but bringing up that young guy, I think that adds a whole new height level around the team. It injects a lot of energy into those guys. I think Beatty's also, you know, he he's actually a real deal type of player. You know, he's not one of these guys that's overhyped and you see it all the time throughout baseball. They, you know, the prospects get overhyped for whatever reason to increase their trade value, et cetera. But I think baby actually is the real deal. I think he's going to be a good player, you know, maybe not a superstar by any means, but I, I think he's a very solid player for you. Um, so I think that's great. Bring him up. Absolutely. Bring him up. That's what you need to do. And well, the Mets, the Mets are starting to get this little bit of their their young core. They're yeah. like five top prospects. They're offensive guys. Basically, that that Syracuse Mets team was like an all star team for like top prospects. They were putting up averaging almost ten runs a game with Mercurio, Vientos, Alvarez, Beatty, 
Uh, I feel like I just missed one within that quick little ramble, but with all of them in the lineup together, they were putting up almost 10 runs a game. And now you got Alvarez up here who really hasn't done much since his call up. I'm not really too concerned about that. There obviously is an adjustment period when you get to the show, but the thing that I kind of wanted to talk to you about, John, is that like the Mets and Yankees, like we said, very, very similar. And it's even just looking at their division that makes them similar. Mm -hmm. The Rays are in front of the Yankees right now. And obviously this is April. I'm not really looking at the standings being like, oh man, like if we lose this game, we're going to fall three games behind the Braves. You don't look at shit like that in April. You really shouldn't start looking at stuff like that until you probably start getting to July being like, all right, where are we at with this whole fucking division thing? Obviously, if you're in first the whole time, you feel good about being in first. But right. as we saw last year with the Mets, don't fucking celebrate being in first in July. And don't worry about being in second in July. As long as your team is playing well, all that stuff will eventually play its way out. But you got and the... don't practice World Series celebrations in March either. All right. Hey, hey, be nice. <laughs> be nice. That was Rojas, though. That was, was. Buck. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was a buck. Yeah, buck would never do that. No. Um, but you got the Rays who are 14 and three in front of you guys. We got the Braves who are 13 and four in front of us. Braves actually play tonight and they get Spencer Strider back tonight. He has not played with them yet this season and he returns to their rotation. So, you know, looking at that, the two best teams in baseball right now is one of them's in front of the Mets and one yep. of them is in front of the Yankees. And, you know, both our teams, like we said, 11 and six, 10 and six playing decent ball have definitely have some bright spots. Um, but it's weird how similar these teams are right now when you just, when you look well, at everything, you know, and the other thing too, don't forget too, the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays by record right now, uh, they just lost two out of three to another team in the division, the Toronto Blue Jays. So, I mean, again, we're looking at another year where you have a stacked AL East, you know, a very competitive NL East. This, I, I'm at a point where, with this, maybe we have to start looking at how we seed because there seems to be just such a discrepancy in these teams in divisions, right? Where And this isn't just a few years. This is going on for a while now where you have these powerhouses in the AL East and the NL East. You know, the Central can be a crapshoot by about five years cyclically. And then the West divisions, I mean, you have one to two strong teams in each, you know, league. And then after that, you're talking about some of the worst teams in the entire league. So may, I always was a huge fan and said, I like how baseball does it with the divisions. I used to always say that, but I'm getting at a now where honestly, maybe we got to start looking at how the NBA does, it. you know, have more emphasis on your conferences. In this case, your league's American league or national league and sort through that way and keep divisions just as a means of scheduling. You know, I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I, I honestly, I think that's an idea that I could get behind. If you went more the NBA route where you have, you know, one through eight based off of their record. And obviously there's yeah. still, there's still divisions within that, right? There's still like Atlantic league, Atlantic division champion and all that stuff. Like there's division championships to win, but they're very much downplayed in the NBA where it's like, just make the playoffs in the NBA. It's like, right. just make the playoffs, you know, play well, you get a better seed, but as long as you're right. in the tournament, you got a shot. And I think almost that's how last year's MLB playoffs felt 
where it was like, mm-hmm. make the playoffs, you got a shot at winning this whole thing. And now that the wild card isn't just one game, do or die, where that wild card series is now a series. I mean, it did feel a little bit more like that structure. Like it didn't matter if you won 88 games or if you won 111, like the Dodgers, it was you're in the playoffs. You got a chance. You have the same thing. Now, obviously you you want home field. And if you could skip the wild car round, you want to skip it. You don't want any part of that. Um, but you know, it did feel a little bit more NBA S. So, I mean, We'll see. I think that we are going to see some expansion teams down the line, John. I think that I think we're going to get up to 32 yeah. teams out in Major League Baseball or 34 teams. What are we're, we at right now? We're at 30 we're right at now. Th- we're at 30. We're going to get to 32, but Major League's got to, you know, MLB has got to figure out what they're going to do with Tampa Bay and Oakland before they can even consider adding, adding any more teams. Oakland, as I mentioned earlier, I, I, I'm actually disgusted with what they're doing. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Um, They got to get somewhere else, most likely Vegas. Hopefully that happens next year. They get there, even if they find an interim place until they get a stadium built, get them out of there. Um, I think promising for the Rays, which is honestly what I'm hoping. I hope the Rays stay in Tampa. Um, The trop, the last, the, the trop to start this year has been rocking. Yeah, it has. They've been filling it and they've even flirted with the idea of opening the upper deck again. I think Tampa flirted with it. They didn't do it. They flirted. Here's the thing when it comes to Tampa. If you haven't been there, they don't play in Tampa Bay. They play in St. Petersburg, Florida, which if you've ever gone to the stadium, you get to Tampa Bay and you figure, oh, I must be close. But it's about another hour and a half until you get to St. Petersburg. And that's based on just pure traffic. It is one of the, the worst roads, ways, one of the worst routes you could ever imagine getting on. I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. You drive, you're in Tampa, you're looking at everything. You're like, what? You, you pass Steinbrenner Field. But no, you still got to go you know, across this little bridge. It's like you're going to the Florida Keys. You go over Tampa, the actual Tampa Bay into St. Petersburg. And it's in probably the, the least desirable neighborhood of anywhere in Tampa or St. Petersburg you'd want to be is where the trop is. Honestly, if they put that stadium either in a better location in St. Petersburg or personally what I think is better actually in Tampa Bay, I believe they could be very successful and you have to build a stadium. That's more conducive to the environment. The trop is an absolute joke. It's not a baseball stadium. It was built to lure a baseball team to Tampa. I mean, the lightning played in there. They call it the Thunderdome in the early you know years of the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, um, it, it, it's it's just a horrible, horrible venue. So I hope Tampa does stay in Tampa because, as you said, I think the fans are showing they can support that team. I mean, I saw look- somebody on I saw somebody on Twitter who made a really good point where it was like a lot of people for that that Tampa Bay Rays fandom, like their families moved to Tampa in like their early twenties. They already had teams. They already had like sure. a, you know. Like it, it's like me moving to Tampa. I'm still going to be a Mets fan. May I go to raise games? Yeah, but I'm going to be a Mets fan. Like that's not going to change for me. You know, John, I'm I'm thinking about these raise fans and I, and I'm talking to you about how they, they're starting to fill the trop again. And I think the reason the trop is getting full is because a lot of people move to that Tampa area, like 
20 to 30 years ago. And with the, everyone who moved to Tampa area in that range, they already had fandoms. Like if you and I moved to Tampa right now, you would still be a Yankee fan. I would still be a Mets fan. And sure, we might go to the trop, you know, just to see Major League Baseball be played. But we're not going to we're not going to stop being Mets fans. We're not going to stop being Yankee fans. But now all those people that moved to that area 20, 30 years ago all have kids who are now starting to right. get to the age of, hey, I can go to the ballpark with my friends. I can go do this. And they're all growing up. A lot of them are. They're growing up Rays fans. And now yeah. those fans are starting to stack the trop. And if you look at them when they're at the stadium, it looks like a young, enthusiastic crowd. And it's not something you've really seen from Tampa. And honestly, you know what helps? It helps going 13 and 0. It helps being 14 and 3 to start the year to get your fans a little bit more excited about everything. But you know, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think the Rays need to leave that Tampa area. They just got to get out of St. Pete and build a nice arena for that baseball team to stay there. Yeah, they need I, a place that will draw fans. I do think the A's a 1000% need to go to Vegas. It just makes so much sense in yeah. every single way to get them out of Oakland into Vegas, put them somewhere near the Raiders where, hey, if you used to like Oakland sports, just like Vegas sports. And you know what? Get the I fuck over it. I believe they're actually looking at the site of the Tropicana Casino. Um, they're talking about tearing that down and, you know, building a new ballpark for them there. Of course, you know, it'd have to be either a dome or a retractable roof type of deal because it, it can get quite hot in Vegas. But they, they need to get there. They need to, it's a done deal in my mind. They need to get to Vegas. Bottom line. And as you said, Tampa, just build them a new, a nice ballpark. Make it a place where people want to go. You know, um, a, a retractable roof would be great. Heck, even if they wanted to do their plans, they had a few years back. Um, they had, you know, tarps, essentially, sun visors over the stands and over the field as well, too, just to provide the shade. I think if you do something like that, you know, you'll solve your race problem right then and there. They're not a team who needs to leave. I don't forget the whole Montreal thing. Um, Montreal oh, proved that. Uh, well, Montreal has proved that they can't support a team, right? The Nationals moved out and not all that long ago. The Rays are only 25 years old. 25 in Tampa. You got to give them a little bit more in that market. And I think the fans are showing you that there is a demand there, um, but they unfortunately play in an absolute horrific stadium. So give them a reason to want to go. They're doing it on the field, but make it a place that they can enjoy going. And I think you solve your problem. Now we're talking about a climb up to 32 teams. We're obviously in this scenario, keeping the Rays in Tampa. We're moving the A's to to uh, to Vegas. What other two cities do you think deserve a Major League Baseball team? I don't know. I so have much one. That... I don't I... deserve might be an aggressive term because none of these teams, none of these cities deserve right. the team. But like, give me a give me a city where you're going to be like they're going to pack the house. I have one in mind. Two, I feel like I can go a bunch of different directions, but I'm curious if you have any that you're like, I want to see a baseball well, team in this city. Well, for, let me start by saying the one that I think is a done deal. And I think that's Salt Lake. Um, Salt Lake City, they have the ownership. They have the demand. They have the political red tape, which is proven to be the hardest part of this whole thing. You know, with all, all these teams, 
They have that secured. So they're just waiting on Major League Baseball to give them the green light, and Salt Lake City's got a team. So I that's one of your two, right? So then that leaves you with the spot. Now, the names that you hear, obviously, Vegas That was is not one. one of my two, by the way. Okay, well, Salt Lake. That wasn't my number. That wasn't my number one. I forgot about Salt Lake. That, so that's I guess gonna, that makes that's sense. That's going to happen. That's done. That's a done deal. That's going to be one of your team, two teams. Um, you know, it's not official, but I'm just telling you that that's a done deal. Um, but of your other remaining spot, you have three cities. Again, you have Montreal, who I think Major League Baseball would make a huge mistake getting in bed with them again. Um, no, thank you on that. I think having the Blue Jays as Canada's team has proven to be a huge success for Toronto. And I think it would be a foolish mistake to kind of split that wealth because um, I don't think there's a demand there for two teams, especially in Montreal, when they've shown they can't handle it. Right. So then the other two teams, you're looking at a, a Carolina team, um, possibly Charlotte that would have a team in the Carolinas. And then the one I want, which is the other one that I think is going to happen is Nashville. That That is my number one pick. Yeah, I, I think would, I would love for Nashville to have a baseball team. Yeah. And, you know, you just know they're going to put that big guitar in right field. What is it? The Nashville Sounders. Yep. Triple A team. They have the big guitar scoreboard out there. It's come iconic. Uh, bring that over. Come on, bring it to the, the big the big leagues. It's proven to be a huge hit. Give me something fun. I love the idea of Nashville. Salt Lake City, I, you know, personally, we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan, but there is a big void of a team in that regional area. Like yeah, I they, said, everything's the Carolinas, done. The Carolinas, that Tennessee, like, bubble yeah. of, like, North, I mean, Southeast uh, America. There's no team there really besides the Braves. And there's just a lot yeah. of open region to have a really good East Coast team. And like, I, I do love sure. the idea of a Nashville team. I think they stack the house for the Predators. Yep. Um, they're always a passionate group. They love Vanderbilt Titans. baseball. Yep, the Titans. Isn't Vandy in that area? Isn't yeah. Vandy in Tennessee? It's, it's, it's right, in, right down Broadway. So like, that's what I mean. Like you have Vanderbilt, which is like, the premier of baseball, like for college baseball, Vanderbilt is like yeah. that premier university of stud players come out of Home Vandy. Of David Price, huh? That's your number one Vandy guy. You got Dan. That's the first Swanson. that comes to mind. Uh, he, he was you very in your face about Vanderbilt. Kumar Him and his Walker, Astro. Al, uh, not Al Leiter. What's oh Al Leiter's kids? Jack Leiter. Jack. Jack. That's yeah. That's where all the, you but know, the, what I mean. the big like, names they, go. They love baseball there. And I feel like it just makes sense. So hopefully, you know, Nashville gets a club if we're going to go up to 32. I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be a fun place to go see a game. And who knows? Maybe they get put in the NL East or maybe they get put in uh, the you Central. Get one each. Yeah, you're going to get one each. You're going to get, I think, the, I, I we'll see how it goes. I think the Salt Lake team will go NL and I think Nashville will go AL, but uh, we'll see. I could be wrong because you have the Rockies out in Colorado. They're NL. You have the Diamondbacks in Arizona who are NL. So it probably w it would make sense to put an AL team there. Um, but also you have balanced schedules now too. So how much does that mean? 
into the grand scheme of it, it would probably make more sense to go NL and Salt Lake because then you have the Rockies who aren't far off. You have the Diamondbacks who, you know, are closer as well, too. You can kind of form a whole new division there and make that travel a little bit easier. We're, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. We're talking yeah. about the future. We got a lot of current things to kind of look into. And, and I guess I want to give your boy his flowers, your boy, Garrett Cole. How about Cole? Garrett Cole right now, obviously at, in April, but it looks like there's a bona fide Cy Young, Young front runner. Oh, yeah. Where this guy is looking absolutely dominant and filthy. And I don't know if you know this, John. He is number two in war in all of baseball behind Shohei Otani. He is number two in war. Shout out my guy, I though, Francisco Lindor. Lindor is sixth overall in war. So Lindor's having a great two. start. It is lower than two, but he does rank number one in defensive war. So oh, it's number right. one, which is higher than two. So you can make the argument that Garrett Cole's just not playing good defense. I mean, Lindor, I'm not commenting on your comment. That's ridiculous. But okay. Lindor, him and Alonzo have carried the Mets. Okay. I mean, they are, they are the reason the Mets are where they are right now. Um, Correct. They've been absolute studs so far. Um, but, man, Cole has looked good. Cole has looked real good. This is the best Cole's ever looked as a Yankee. You can make the case this is perhaps the greatest he's ever looked in his career. I mean, he's 4-0. He's got a 0.95 ERA. He's got a 0.74 whip. Now here, as Yankee fans, get ready for this one, right? This is the stat that stands out. Because Garrett Cole, as good as he's been for the Yankees, what's the one knock on him? He lets up too many home runs or the big home I knew it. I'm not even a Yankee fan. I knew it. You know how many home runs he's let up so far this year? Zero. Zero. Zero home runs for Cole. That's the stat that jumps out the most at you. That's what gets you excited as a Yankee fan. Now, I'm not going to get too excited yet because don't forget last year, Garrett Cole, we were talking his name in the same sentence as Cy Young for quite a while in the beginning of the year. And then he really slipped off, you know, towards the end of May, June. And then he got it back again um, towards the end of the year. But Cole, he shows that he can be cyclical at times. Um, We'll see. I'm not getting too excited yet. As we've said, it's April. Um, But you you like what you see so far. That's for sure. And if he continues that, it's going to be a very exciting year. It's nice that all the Yankees starters are starting to cheat again, too. I think that's usually like oh. what makes them different than everybody else is that once the Yankees start cheating, they usually oh, oh do better. God. Can you it's, like we, when they we have two guys carry, you know, perfect games past the fifth inning and now you got to get all upset and start the cheating nonsense. OK, I'm obviously like fucking around with Cole, but yeah, come on. Come, come on. on. Whoa, 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 whoa. All whoa, right. come on. Hey, no, 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 no. It's just no. us. It's just no. us. It's no. just you and I. Pat's here, but he's just listening. Because no. we're talking, we're talking to Mingo Herman now. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's just so, us. So be honest. I haven't done this yet. You're about, if you go the way I think you're about to go here, I'm about to rant against you. Okay. So 
What what do you you think Herman cheated? What's your take on Herman's situation over this past week? And in case you don't know, if you live under a rock, give us Domingo, some backstory. Domingo Herman was pitching a perfect game on Saturday uh, into the fifth inning, mm-hmm. and at which point, uh, which the he's known umpire to do, che- he's really good at doing that. He does it all the time. The umpire checked his glove and his hand. And he noticed that he had a little, you know, a what? Uh, a smuts? More, more rosin on his hands than typically you do. Right? Now, the umpires determined that it was indeed rosin. Now, rosin's a legal substance, be it as it may. Um, so they told him, all right, go wash your hands in between innings. Well, Herman came out the next inning. Uh, he went, he washed his hands and he came out the next inning with it on again, because this year now umpires can check whenever they want. So they checked again and they saw he had it on his hand. So they had a bit of a conference. Herman once again, went to the restroom, washed his hands and they let him pitch. And Rocco Baldelli, manager of the twins was not happy about that. He ended up getting thrown out throughout the ordeal. Um, and Herman went on to pitch a great game. Now, Brian, what's your take on that situation? Because whatever it is, I'm, I'm about to throw you to the ground here and make you look like a fool. So go ahead. I'm just going off of, I'm just going off of the rules of major league baseball. Sure. If an umpire detects Mm -hmm. something on your hands, Mm -hmm. they can toss you from the game. Sure. So why wasn't he, he should have been tossed. So you say if the umpire detects something on the hands, right? That's a mm-hmm. very vague statement. Now the a, action, a substance. The act. Oh, 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 hold on! No, no, no! Oh, he, he's got no, the rule no, book no. up. That's still. This vague. is such a Yankee fan move. No, it's not. It's a common sense move because this should have never happened this weekend. Okay. I told it, you to wash your hands. The exact wording is a foreign substance. A foreign substance and what did the umpire say was on his hands they were in agreement there was no debate over it was rosin on his hand now is rosin a legal substance in major league baseball answer that question is it legal yes yes, yes. so then it's not foreign it's not a foreign substance so that is a question let pat pat oh i, I think I, I think your definition of foreign is different than what is implied by the rules. I think foreign, as in the case of what, what kind of substance would you, what, what kind of substance where, where, where would you, it was made? where was it no, made? Was no, it made no, in Mexico, no, no, Guatemala? No, 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 no. I'm saying foreign as in like, if you're a pitcher on a mound, what kind of substance would you expect on, on a Rosin. pitcher? On the, Rosin! I don't know. The man no, that's right behind the damn pitching mound. Rosin! <laughs> hey, be not, he doesn't know there's a rosin bag back there. I that's okay. like you kick you're kicking a kindergartner right now. I, I that's tap not nice. I tap out Brian. You're back in. You're back. Yeah, don't kick him like that. Come on. No, we're, we're gonna come at the be, Yankees for cheating. Because you know what? Beating the up whole a little league. kid. No, right, no, let's, because let's, God forbid. God forbid. You know, the Yankees come out and they're pissed that the Astros cheated all over them for multiple seasons. So now ever since happen? then. Ever since then, they have a target on their back and people want to make up stories about how they cheat. Well, newsflash, they didn't cheat. Not this time. Well, what okay? about, wait, not the not this time well, was you go, very you, prominent. Was a very prominent. Hey, no, not this time. Because you want to go back. 
you want to go back to the whole Mitchell report. You want to go back to the steroids. People are so quick to say, oh, the Yankees had so many guys in that Mitchell report. They had Pettit. They had Clemens. You know, uh, Giambi. Well, here's the thing, right? And let's we, start we, don't, with, we don't badmouth Jason Giambi on this we're, show. We're, no, we don't. But we're going to go back in time to the Mitchell report. Here's a fun fact for you about Senator Mitchell, who did this report. Do you know? Do you know that Mitchell he had a part ownership of the Boston Red Sox? That's a true story. Okay, that's true. Mitchell was a part owner of the Boston Red Sox, and Pack he a tin foil. He get him a tin foil hat. No. No, no, no. He carried out this investigation, which was a joke to begin with, because that's a conflict of interest. And you allowed this man to come out. Now, on that list, name one prominent Red Sox who was featured in the Mitchell report. None. Because they didn't cheat. There was not one. No, 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 no. Because coincidentally, after the Mitchell report, who came out, right? All of a sudden, Manny Ramirez is traded to the Dodgers. Now we find out, oh, Manny Ramirez is a user, not from the Mitchell report. Then you find out David Ortiz failed an dr- anonymous drug test, which <clears throat> I don't know why, but all the, we bend over, you know, backwards for David Ortiz. We act like that never happened. Meanwhile, we hang A-Rod from a cross every day for him using steroids. Now, how they handled it afterwards is a different story, sure. But Ortiz did it, Ramirez did it, and no one talks about that. But the Yankees got rang through the mud over the Mitchell report. Fast forward. Then we go, you know, to this whole Astros nonsense. Then after that, then they're quick to say, oh, the Yankees cheated with Apple watches. That was not cheating, okay? They broke a rule. They broke a rule. And what advantage <laughs> they gave them? It's it's what not. Advantage they it's gave not them cheating. Marginal. There was just rules in a rule book that was like, hey, follow the rule book. Hey, you broke the rules in the rule book. It's and, not and, cheating. Yeah. We just don't want you to do it. No, it's like they made a left without using a blinker. Okay, that's that's, that's essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's, right, and that's what they got. That's what they got. But they're making it out that you made a left without using a blinker and they're trying them for murder. That's what they tried doing. It was a bunch of nonsense. All right. It was a ticket. What if you hit That's a kid? All it, was. it was a mistake. They didn't. They didn't hit a kid. They didn't hit a kid. They could have. That's the thing. Oh, they didn't. <laughs> right. So now <clears throat> we go to this Herman thing. And now, again. They, he oh, had I love rosin. pouring gasoline on this fire. He had rosin on his hand. The umpires agreed. They doubled down on that after the game. They determined it was rosin. They go on how the umpires have had all of this training since they started this crackdown. And they're able to identify substances. And they were sure that it was rosin. Now, here's what happened with Herman. He had rosin on his hand. Okay. He used, he used a lot of rosin. And he has the right to do that. There's nothing that says that he can't. There's no limit on the amount of rosin that he uses. Now, to the flip side of that, an umpire has the discretion to say, remove whatever is on your hand and get rid of it. Now, Herman did that. When the umpire requested him to wash his hands, he did, in fact, wash his hands. But the issue was, when he came out that next inning, Herman, and we all learned this this weekend, 
Herman goes to Rosin in between innings rather than on the mound. Now, this makes sense, right, for multiple reasons. The biggest of which being that now that you have a pitch clock, it makes more sense to do whatever it is you need to do to have that grip in a legal way in between innings when you're not being timed. And that's exactly what he did. So he washes his hands. He comes to the dugout. He's watching the Yankees hit. He rosins up. Then he goes out the next inning and the umpires stop him. They say, I thought I told you to wash your hands. Now there, there's a language barrier between this. Herman is not an English is a first language speaker. So now the, the translators got to come out. That's going to bring Boone out as well too, at this point. And the whole situation blows up bigger than it is. And then again, you've heard me harp on umpires all year too. Okay. If you listen, you know, John boy has a nice video out there. Um, if you haven't seen it, go give it a watch. John Boy can lead, read lips, all right? He, he's very good at that. He reads the lips in the dialogue between the umpire, Aaron Boone, the translator, and Herman, and the, the umpire throughout this whole thing. I mean, I don't know what friggin' horse this guy is on because you would think this guy, oh, my God, the way he's talking to Herman, saying, I told you to wash your hands, you, you wash your hands. Are we clear? Like, calm the hell down, all right? There's nothing that says he can't have rosin on his hand. So that in itself, the fact that you made him go wash it is stupid, but it's within their right. And he did that. He complied. He put the rosin on in between innings. He comes out. They have a problem. They made him wash his hands a second time, which he did. He came out and he, he pitched well. Now, here's the thing. His spin rates, people, there was one stat that came out Spin After rates were down. The whole fiasco that showed his spin rates were down. Well, his spin rates were down by less than 100 RPMs, which is nothing. First Sounds of all, like a okay. Lot. You know, uh, I I'm I'm good friends with this guy. Um, he's a work associate of mine. He has a famous quote. He says, "You can make data say anything." And in this case, that's exactly what this whole spin rate nonsense is, because his spin rates were down by. You know, it was less than 100 RPMs on his pitches after that. But that is easily equatable to just fatigue as he went on. This is now the sixth inning. Here's the number of data that stands out. If you want to look at data, right? We want to do this whole song and dance of the data of his RPMs, his you know spin rate. His spin rate was almost the same in that game as it was his previous games. So he's cheating every game. If he is, then he sucks at it because up until that start, he hasn't looked great. But on the last episode we did, I, Herman, there was a point in 2019 that I said, this guy, I trust him more than anyone in the rotation at that time. He can be that pitcher. He absolutely can be that pitcher. Now, did we see a glimpse of Domingo Herman getting back to that form? I don't know. I sure hope we did. But to say that he cheated is an absolute asinine statement. If you truly believe that he cheated, I'm sorry for you. You need to look in the mirror and reassess some things. Either that or you just, your Yankee venom, your Yankee hate is this at time high for whatever reason. I'm sorry. That's the case that we're living rent free in your mind. But the guy did not cheat. And that's that. You know, it's a juicy story. 
to put the Yankees and the word cheating in right. the same sentence and that people got to eat that shit up. And I, you know what? I commend you for coming on these airwaves and admitting that he did cheat to all our listeners. Oh, Let's move on up. to the next topic. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I had PTSD when, when I, I went into the, you know, I was watching outside did of Michael my patio, Pineda the cheat? game. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. There's one okay, where he cheated. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm, that I'm, like, I just want to make sure that you were like, good guy, Michael Pineda made a no, mistake. Uh, no. You know, I'm watching the game on my patio. You can see that ear in, from I go, space. I go to, uh, I go to pour myself a drink. I'm getting a new drink in between innings and I'm, I'm weird. So while I'm watching the game outside on the patio, Shocker. inside, inside, I have John. When I come in, I hear John and Susan, and I have it on in the bathroom as well, too. And my reasoning for that is because if you go to the bathroom at Yankee Stadium, you're listening to John and Susan on the radio call. So I give myself, you know, that authentic at the ballpark feel. So I come inside, I'm listening to John and Susan, and I, they come back from commercial. I hear that's why there's cockroaches you know, Susan, everywhere. Well, you know, well, well, you know, John, in between innings, they're checking the glove of Domingo Haman. Uh, I you know, oh, the flashbacks of Pineda out there in that game at Fenway. And I'm like, oh, shit, here we go again. But it wasn't. He was clean. He was good. He, he was fine, Herman. I was just very happy about that. But yeah, there was a moment there where I was, I was just beyond livid at that situation. John, I feel like I've, I've aggravated you a little bit. I've, I've got you a little you worked poked up. Poked the bear enough? Yeah. I poked the bear. Look, um, I I feel like I should. If you don't watch, if if you don't watch on YouTube, I have diet orange crush. This is what I drink every week. Okay. I, no I recently ads. upgraded to a big glass of, of the diet. Here, you're right. It's diet orange soda. I recently upgraded to the big glass to get me through these episodes. I'm almost done because of that rant. My throat is so scratched up. So thank you for that. Well, I would like to bring back a segment where we say something sweet yep. about each other's teams. And I feel like after um, going through that, that whole Yankee cheating debacle and you, you better being, say something sweet and you being brave enough to admit they cheated. I appreciate that. Um, I feel like I should compliment the Yankees. Yeah. You go first. What, what's something sweet? Tell me something sweet. Um, I'm angry. You got me be, mad. I'm going to be honest. I don't got anything off the dome and oh I'm trying God. to think of some, Hey, Hey, Whoa, Whoa. We, I do don't an have episode, s- we do an episode every week. We do one episode I'm, a week. I was in the middle. I was in nothing? the middle of telling you something and you, you're now yelling at me. I had a so, cockroach in my shoe How do you think that makes morning? me feel? Excuse me. I told you, I don't care how you feel. I told you I'm my not, day. Sweet. I'm not, I'm not saying it from the dome. I'm saying it from the heart, John. I am going to say something from the heart about the New York Yankees. I think it's really sweet that they sell Shohei Otani jerseys uh, at Yankee Stadium. I think that's really sweet that they're just trying to max out profit and get as much money as they can where they sell other players' jerseys. I think that's sweet. You good? Do you want to piss me off some more? Let me, uh, let me, oh, uh, let me comment on this, what? okay? What? Uh, I'm, I'm going to comment on That was this. sweet. I like their merchandise. 
No, shut up. So if you haven't seen before the Yankees game with the Angels tonight, which they ended up losing by a score five to two, Otani hits a two run home run, right? Otani hits a two run home run. They lose five to two. And the same man who had a two run home run in the first inning, the Yankees are selling his jersey in the team store at Yankee Stadium. What the hell is that? What the hell is that? Now, if I'm Hal Steinberg, and this is something I signed off on, that's a joke, okay? you need He needs to look in the mirror. He needs to look in the mirror and understand that that's something that would have never flown under his father, right? And that's why we're Yankees. That's why we love the Yankees as Yankee fans. Now, George wasn't a perfect owner. But God damn it, he cared about that team. And to think that another team, a team that you're playing, has a player with their jersey for sale in your stadium, in your team store, you're selling that guy's uniform? That's a joke. That's an absolute joke. Now, and if Hal didn't know about it, whoever knew about it, they got to get out. They got to get out. That's Mets crap. That's Wilpon family crap right there. Thank you. That's that not sweet. the New York Yankees. Because no, and I had to correct myself because that's not Mets crap. Steve Cohen would never allow something like that in a million years. Cohen, Cohen would oh, fire that guy on the spot. Okay. If George, if George Steinbrenner, if that happened when he was the owner of the Yankees, he would have went in there. He would have taken those jerseys off the damn rack. And it gave him out to the homeless outside the stadium and then told him, come back later. If you want to exchange these for a Yankee Jersey, we'll give it to you for free. And then go burn those friggin' Otani jerseys. Go okay. burn them in a dumpster. Now I'm with you. Cause at first then you would have them back. And then you said you would burn them. Once you get them back. I feel like you could just yeah, burn them yeah. and not no, have to give the homeless them. people anything. But I mean, that was a very nice gesture. So that was sweet. So thank you for that nice the gesture joke. of helping the homeless. An it was very sweet. Absolute joke. An absolute joke. They should be ashamed of themselves. They what should would you be like ashamed. to say? What would you like to say to me? I, I'm heated now. You, you're, you're really. I don't know how to get me heated tonight. You, you've done it. What is you, something sweet about the Mets? Oh, all right. Uh, I mean, I listen, I can go on and on about Cohen. I, like, I really right, love I, like when, I, do. I like when people hold on. I I like when people call the Yankees the Bronx Bombers. I think that's cool. Why? I, don't know, I think it's a cool nickname. That's something what, sweet. All right. All right. All right. The Bronx Bombers. Go ahead. Have that. Yeah. All right. Here's my something sweet for the Mets. It's Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso has carried the Mets um, this far in the year. He's got eight home runs. He's batting 292. That's what you like to see, right? Almost at 300 with the batting average. Uh, um, eight home runs to bat with that. 15 ribbies for him. As I said, the guy's carrying the team. He's making a case for NL MVP um, off the bat. He's tied for the league lead in home runs in the NL. Um, you know, also, and I teased it in the open, Alonzo's kind of alluded to this, that he wants to go after Aaron Judge's home run record. He wants to beat 62. 
Now, we saw when Judge held the rookie home run record, Alonso came out and he beat Judge on that. And that was no chip shot either. What was that, 54? Uh, I think the, yeah, I think it was 54. 53 right? or 54. Right. So that's the up record there. Now, might have been 53 and then he hit 54. He beat it by one. Yeah. So now Alonso wants to beat 62. And listen, he's off to a great start. He's certainly on pace to do it. If he does, that'd be phenomenal. I mean, that that really, I think if he if he does beat Judges 62, then I think you got a whole new storyline in New York baseball that really heatens up the Yankees-Mets rivalry again. That's like Sosa um, McGuire shit. No, I mean, that's going back to Yankees-Dodgers, Yankees-Giants when it was Brooklyn and they were the Giants were over at the Polo Grounds. That's what we're getting back to. If Alonzo beats that home run record, you're looking at two juggernauts in Major League Baseball playing in the same city. And we've said it before, when New York baseball is strong, it makes the sport strong. Um, so I, I, I personally, selfishly, I hope the record stands in judges' favor. But hell, I would love to see Alonzo give it a run. And if he does Honestly, pass if Alonzo it, hit, it's great. If Alonzo hits 60 or something like that, even... Like that's yeah. a, it's an exciting summer of everyone watching it. And right. I don't need Pete to go out there and get that record by any means. If Pete Alonso hits fucking over 50 home runs this year and drives in over 120 again, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't need Pete going after these crazy milestones, but a summer of watching a milestone and going on a playoff run, you know, that's, that's something special. It's funny as we're having this conversation, I feel like we haven't had any of this. Usually we're watching the games as we're recording. I was the Mets actually just started their game and Pete Alonso's batting against Clayton Kershaw with a runner on third with two outs. And I'm sure you're about to get into kind of our look ahead, but I feel like if something happens here, I might just completely interrupt you. So just, just so you're aware, I didn't want to be rude and interrupt you without context. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if he gets out, I'm not going to say anything. It's an O and two count. As you said, you know, Mets in uh, LA, they're playing the Dodgers in this weird. He struck out. There you go. There you go. It doesn't matter. Pat, cut that whole part. (laughs) It's a weird Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday series in LA, which is just poor scheduling on Major League Baseball's part. That should have been a weekend series. Um, No reason we're playing that on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. After that, they go up to San Francisco, a weekend set with the Giants, a four-game set. No days off, mind you, on this West Coast trip. Um, before finishing out the series on Sunday in San Francisco, they get an off day. They come back to Flushing um, to face the Nationals and the Braves. Now, the Yankees. Yankees are in a three-game set with the Angels um, before turning to the weekend series with Toronto. Now, that's going to be a series to look at, okay? You have Toronto Blue Jays, who just beat the Rays. They handed the Rays their first loss of the season and then took the series as well, too. Um, so that was a big showing by Toronto. Kevin Kiermeyer has looked fantastic in center field for Toronto. Um, it's only a matter of time until he's hurt and misses significant time. But while he's right. healthy, that's true. It's true. He will get hurt. Um, you know, just like someone else who I'll talk about in a second. But he's looked fantastic. Um, he's always a threat when he's healthy. The problem is he's never healthy. But for now, he will be unless something happens in the next two days. Uh, but they roll into town. So that's going to be a big series down in the Boogie Down Bronx this weekend. Um, 7.05 start on Friday. Then you have your two uh, day games at 1 and 1.30 on Sunday. Uh, <clears throat> I just teased it. 
going around the league real quick, a few things of note. First of all, here's pertaining to the Mets. Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom, how about this? He gets pulled from his last start with Texas while pitching a uh, – it was a perfect game, correct? It was, I think it was, it was a no-hitter no through four innings. Okay, so it was a no-hitter. He had a no-hitter through four. He gets pulled, injury concern with DeGrom on his wrist. So same song, you know, new team with DeGrom. Here we go with that. That's why I, I said from the beginning – you know, the DeGrom departure, it's stung, it stings, sure. But what are you really missing? You know, what, what are you missing with DeGrom? You know, I love Jake, homegrown guy, going to go into the Mets Hall of Fame, maybe even get his number retired someday with the Mets, all that fun jazz. But, I mean, four hitless innings on 58 pitches, striking out the world, getting pulled for injury. I just feel like that's like the Jacob DeGrom special. Yeah. That's it. And then now he'll miss like two to three starts, come back. Yep. He'll pitch like two innings into that next start. It'll bark It'll again. And then again. they'll shut him yep. down for like eight weeks. And uh, I, again, I love Jake so much and it sucks that he's playing for a different team. But when you're competing for a world series, you you just can't have that type of shit from your ACE. And I, and I know a lot of Ranger fans are chirping meth fans right now being like, where's Verlander? Where's Verlander? You know, Verlander just threw his bullpen. He'll be back probably by the last week of uh, April, first week of May. If he if he stays healthy for the rest of the season from May on, I don't give a fuck that he missed three or four starts, especially with the Mets being fine since he's been gone. It's not like they've been playing like shit, and it's like, goddamn, we need Verlander. Verlander's only going to yeah. help this team. You're going to inject a Hall of Fame player. Scherzer really hasn't been that great yet either. And he just got his start pushed back till tomorrow, starting on Wednesday now against Noah Syndergaard, former Met, first time Syndergaard's going to play the Mets. He's been a kind of a little bit of a coward, always trying to skip out on playing the Mets. He'll finally have no choice. Um, so, you know, but, you know, to that point, I'm not worried though, about it. I Before we were running out of time here, but one other guy similar to what you just said with Syndergaard over the weekend. How about Gallo, you know, skipping out, cowarding against playing the Yankees. Joey Gallo decided to go down to triple A and do a rehab assignment and, you know, and miss the Yankees series, which give me a break. All right. The guy, he was on the IL for just a few days. So he's got to go do a rehab assignment. And he had some, he struck out like five times, you know, he was God awful down there. So, you know, Gallo, I, I have more respect for Gallo than that, but uh, geez, that that's a bad look for Joey. Um, You know, Hey, yeah, that's it for this week. We look forward to it. Like I said, Yankees got Toronto coming to town this weekend. Uh, Mets go up to San Francisco, which is always a fun time. Beautiful ballpark up there. As always, tune in uh, on YouTube, Station to Station podcast. That's S2 Station pod. Uh, find us on the socials as well, too. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, letter S, number two, Station Pod. Follow us, like us on YouTube, subscribe, ring that notification bell. They get alerts when we upload new videos. We have exclusive videos on YouTube, including instant reactions. I just posted one this past weekend. If you haven't seen it, go give it a look. Uh, you know, that's where you're going to find us during the week. As always, you can find us wherever you find podcasts. For Brian Sarnelli and our producer, Pat, Pat Lavin, I've been John Persapio. We hope you enjoyed another episode of Station to Station. We'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Take